listening to Rattle and Pedal, diversion thoughts on marketing and growing professional services firms. Your hosts are Jason Malicki and Jeff McKay. So Jeff, today's guest actually brings us, I believe, a first and a second at the same time, which has never happened before. Oh. Do you have any idea why I say that? Dude, I have no idea why anything comes out of your mouth. I have no idea why. Okay, so he's a second in that he's a, a second-time guest, which I think has only happened now maybe twice, once or twice. But he's our first-time guest who's ever actually come to us from two different organizations. He's a rare second guest and the first guest ever to basically come in representing two different organizations in his second visit with us. Let me just get let's cut to the chase. So Michael Burton is with us again. Last time he was with us, I believe, was about two years ago. At the time, he was CEO of Lev, and we talked to him about growth, feeling growth as it, as it came, as I, as I recalled directly. And now he's joining us yeah, today. Yeah, inflection points. That was cool. Infle- that's the word. I couldn't find the word. Inflection points. It was growth inflection points. And we talked about this idea of how he could sort of feel inflection points before they came and anticipate them, you know, data or, or, or not, right? Anyway, he's back with us. So I've talked so much to open this thing up. Why don't you just introduce yourself and tell us where you are now? Because obviously, you know, 24 months on, things have changed a lot and we've got a whole new story to tell. Let's just start there. Yeah. Thanks for having me back. I've been following you all. And so this is an exciting time for me. I was a CEO of Lev, had a great run and uh, were acquired by Cognizant back in a little over three years ago. And I left in last summer and decided, hey, let's go do it all over again. So now I'm at CEO of Stitch and complete services business focused around a couple of tech partners. So excited to kind of start from scratch. Boy, you didn't take any time off. You left in the summer and you started Stitch in early fall, right? Yeah, I, I just jumped right into it. Everyone thought I was a little <laughs> crazy, but I, I thought it was like, well, my wife's like, well, what, are, what are you going to go do? I have two young kids. They're you know, one's in school. We have uh, we have childcare for the other. She's like, I, you're not going to just go leave us for a month and <laughs> go sit on the beach. She's like, you're going to do something. I'm like, well, I'm going to do something. I might as well start this business up, which I'm really passionate about. So that's why I didn't delay and just got right to it. Yeah, most people oh go play some golf or pick up a hobby. I, I don't know. Do something different for a while. Well, this is what I love to do. <laughs> this is the exciting stuff. Tell us about this business. Stitch.cx is the is the URL for those of listening. And and you talked about it. you're bringing together two technologies. Just I guess maybe tell us about the business. Tell us about the technologies. Kind of kind of give us an intro into, into what you're cooking up here. I guess when I left Lab, I I knew like I said I wanted to do it all over again in a services business, and I was trying to figure out where to spend the time, like where do we want to focus. I knew we wanted to continue the story of helping marketers. That's an interesting and passionate area for us all. And so it was kind of evaluating what are technologies out there that are more modern than some of the experiences that we had in the Salesforce world and that are just, I think, are even more relevant today. And that kind of led me down this path of a segment, which was acquired by Twilio a couple of years ago, that's more on the data side. And it makes it easier for marketers to leverage data. And then on the actual activation, like how are we running campaigns? How are we communicating with customers? I've always had, a, I've been following uh, Braze. It was called AppBoy at one time and following them closely and said, hey, this, these two are really well connected to each other, are powerful in helping more modern day marketers. 
so that's that's our investment. That's where we're focusing right now. And we launched in September and we're off to a really good start. You made a comment. You said something a little more modern in reference to Salesforce, as if Salesforce was a little dated, perhaps. Is, is that where we are? Is that is that the original SaaS player is now sort of being viewed that way by 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 some of the channels? My view on it, as I've just been, I mean, I've been living in it, right? I, I was part of a company, Exact Target. We were acquired by Salesforce in 2013. So I've been in the Salesforce space for over a decade. And there's just not enough innovation that's happening inside of Salesforce. So I think customers are looking at this and saying, it, by the way, it's still a great platform. I'm like, it's going to have a lot of growth. And so I say this just looking at where we want to make an investment is that customers pay a premium for Salesforce. And Salesforce at this point is a lot of acquired companies that aren't always that smoothly integrated. So if I'm going to go do that, I mean, why not go pull up the best of the best and put them together and stitch them together? that to solve these marketer problems. And so that's kind of when I saw on the inside and saying, I think Salesforce is, is a little dated. They are behind. They've got a lot of challenges in front of them that they got to go figure out. It's not a place that I wanted to continue to, to uh, play. I wanted to be more in what's happening kind of right now. And Braze's background, they started as a mobile first marketing platform. That's a long stretch from what exact target was. Let's keep talking about that a, a little. Let's talk about this hypothesis you have for the company and the market opportunity in front of you. Help us understand your vision, how you're kind of testing the market and the viability of this partnership of stitching these two technologies together. Because I think I think it's such a cool story that you're willing to carve out these partnerships and create this vision for how they can work together to I hate this word, it's so often used, but it is, produce synergies that create value that people aren't seeing right now. And admittedly, our story continues to evolve as well. So I'm in a period of time saying like, I believe that multiple solutions have to be stitched together to solve some of these complex marketer problems. But I also don't want to get to a point where I'm suddenly working in six to seven technologies. Then I just don't think we're as efficient and focused as a small company that where we are right now. And I started by looking on the segment side. So that's, if you look back to September, we were very much like, let's start with the data side. That's still a strong data story with segments and then figure out where we go from there. And so while I had an understanding of Braze before, we didn't necessarily start immediately with Braze because we're trying to learn. To your point about experimenting and seeing what's going to go work. So we started in segment since it's the central data point, data platform. And then we started listening, like what's what's working well? Where is there an overlap between segment and other technology partners that are in the marketing tech space? And we just kind of, we rode along. And then that's what brought us, even though I was aware of Braze before, that's really what brought us to Braze and saying, hey, this combination of the data story and this marketing activation channel together are very, very powerful. And I'm still very much looking at, is there something else? Should we be thinking about something else at this point? That's the beauty of starting over again and recognizing that this is a different strategy than what we had at Loud. And then let's just let's just play it over time by listening to what customers and what partners are saying. So, Michael, my question is about the hypothesis. So, what was the hypothesis? Was it that when you thought about this, did you look at segment and say, this is a technology that's going to be really valuable and really hot and really going to grow? And my hypothesis is that we want to ride that wave. 
or were you, was your hypothesis about like a client or market problem and you saw this problem that they that customers you had from all your experience and you found segment as the solution to that so i just kind of talked me through that hypothesis that kind of yeah. got you into hey let's use segment and let's build a business around this and then that led you to brace it started by going back to the lev experience and what were the consistent problems that we saw from customers like time and time again so we're working with marketers and the number one challenge that marketers were running into was easier access to their own data. And they're, they're, some of these companies have so many data applications, like trying to pull all that data together in real time is incredibly difficult. Trying to get one true one view of the customer. So a mark, like a marketer needs that. We need to understand what are those attributes so we can better activate. That was a huge problem. And even when they did have access to it or had some access to it, they were still very dependent upon other parts of an organization to get that data. So they were relying on their IT department or maybe another marketing tech group, but it was still, they were always behind the ball. And so we're out there saying, where is this being solved? How can we leverage better data platforms to make it easier for a marketer? That's what led us to Segment. And I had exposure to Segment five or six years ago, we had a customer that was the very first time that was using it to integrate data into Marketing Cloud. And I thought, why are more people not using this? This is fantastic. And this segment had a great run, led to their acquisition by Twilio. And that's really where it started. We want to be in the marketing space. We want to be in relevant space. And data, we know, is a critical piece to making these marketing campaigns work. That's really where it started with Segment. And then that ultimately led to Brace. Michael, if I recall, when you were at Lev, you had really done a great job of carving out an ideal client profile. And one of your core segments was going after customers that had huge fan bases. Is that right? Yeah, we did quite a bit in the media entertainment space. That was for sure yeah. an area where we had a considerable amount of growth, including professional sports teams and large communication companies too. But yeah, that was a play for us that we ran consistently. And have you, at this point in your development, gotten the clarity on the types of segments that you're going after? And if so, what kind of led you to those segments? I would say nothing that's specific to a vertical or an industry. It's been more high level than that as we're understanding these new partner relationships and where we think we can have the biggest impact on our technology partners business. So it's been more at a, when I think about this, our ideal customer is more of like thinking about size, kind of mid-market to lower in enterprise. That's where we're playing right now. That is also a very similar strategy that we had at Lev. Like we had a lot of pressure to declare where we were going to have vertical industry expertise in the early days. And I disagreed. I thought, hey, we're, we're, we're too early. Like, why do we need to go do that? We're solving marketer problems that are fairly consistent across industries and verticals. Everyone says otherwise, but I disagree. And we're running that same type of play here. Let's do more of a size of a company and kind of understanding the dynamics of the marketing teams. And that's, that's what it looks like today. That will evolve over time, I'm sure. Does the data problem look different in a middle market company versus a lower end enterprise company? Like, does it, does it, does it get more complicated the bigger the company comes or like, what do you see? Yeah, that, that's why I think like in the small business space, and we, we help 
SMB customers, but the problem is, you know, as you become, you're increasing in size, you're increasing the companies or have an increasing number amount of applications that are collecting this data. And so as you do go up market, you are seeing bigger and bigger problems, not only the amount of data, but then you're also running into the big problem that these marketing teams are fairly siloed. You have a, a loyalty mm-hmm. team, you may have an SMS team, an in-app notification team. Like it's, it's actually, as more channels are developing, you're getting increasingly more silos within these larger, larger companies. So mid-market, you still are running into those problems with data. They don't know how to necessarily, it's more about how to, they know they have a problem. They don't have any idea how to go do it. Enterprise teams know they just have a problem and they keep accelerating the problem because they keep adding more and more data, more and more channels. <laughs> so they, they definitely have different problems to solve, but you, I think that's why we were more relevant once you get to that mid-market and enterprise space. One of the cool things that has struck me about Stitch, and this is something that I hone in on with all of my clients, is establishing a point of view. Clients come to us and they want to know how we think and what we think about a market or an issue or something. And Stitch has done, I think, an incredible job of articulating a point of view on the problem and the combination of technologies to attack that problem. You're not kind of hedging when you tell your story. You just say, here's what we think the problem is. Here's how we think it should be solved. Full stop. So many firms lack the confidence to say that or, you know, take a stand like that. Tell me how you got to that point and how that point of view was developed. In the space where we're focusing on a few technologies, like I said, like how do we pull these te- technologies together? We're evaluating this. Bobby and I spend a lot of time saying, hey, what's going on? We're pulling from our collected experience. We've known each other for a long time. And we think that we, we're, we're consultants. Like we're a services company. Like how can you not have a strong point of view? And so for us, we're declaring our point of view based off of the partners that we're investing in. And I compare that to others that take a different strategy, which is they may do 10 plus technologies. But in those 10 technologies, you have things that are in conflict with each other. So like if I was doing Braze, how could I reasonably say, I'm going to go do Iterable or I'm going to go do Salesforce Marketing Cloud? This seems to be disingenuous. So I'm saying, hey, we're we're making this investment because we think it's right. And you may disagree with us and that's okay. We're probably not the right fit for you. Now, people would argue I'm losing wallet share by doing that. Like, hey, don't you want to work with a broader, deeper across the customer? And I'm like, no, I, I think we can go build a really successful business by developing this strong point of view around what we think is best. So we generally believe this. We think like Segment's incredible. We think Brace is incredible. There could be more that come into our picture as we solve these problems for marketers. But that allows us then to be very committed to what we're telling our channel partner, what we're publicly saying, what we're writing about. And that feels good. And also what's really fun about this, I I love this, is that we can say things that our channel partners want us, that they want to say, but they can't say. There's like, (laughs) they don't want the confrontation with Salesforce. And we're like, no. We're going to be honest about this. Let's go be very direct. And that puts us into a very beneficial relationship back to the channel partner because we can just speak where we think is the truth. You're listening to Rattle and Pedal, 
Divergent thoughts on growing your professional services firm. Your hosts are Jason Malicki, Principal of Rattleback, the marketing agency for professional services firms, and Jeff McKay, former CMO and founder of strategy consultancy, Prudent Pedal. If you find this podcast helpful, please help us by telling a friend and rating us on iTunes. Thank you. Now back to Jason and Jeff. I love that. That's nice going through life that way, isn't it? It is for sure. So, Michael, I have a question, and that is like, when you think about your point of view, how do you describe it to people when you're first introducing it? And I guess maybe what I'm interested about is how much of it is about your beliefs and view on the market and how much of it is about the technologies you've chosen to invest in and where do those intersect with each other? Yeah, you know, a, a lot of the the market research and evaluation is done before we're declaring for a tech partner. So that, you know, the understanding of data, how that was a problem, this is not something that happens within a three or four month period of time. And some of this has been over years. Braze is a company that I was exposed to because we had a mutual customer was using both Salesforce Marketing Cloud and Braze. And so I started, this has been years ago. And so once we make that investment in the market, then we're saying this is a problem, then we're leaning really heavy. And admittedly, like I'm very open about this, then a lot of our messaging is not specific to the market. The messaging is specific to the channel partner. Like that's when we're on LinkedIn, our focus is, I have two things when I'm on LinkedIn. One, how do we get excited? How do I get people excited about wanting to work at Stitch? That's in the top two. And the other one is, what am I doing to help give content and value to an account executive at Segment and Brace? That's what's going what's through my mind. That's a different point of view than others who are going direct to customers. I'm going direct to the channel. And so it does change the dynamics. And I'm always very open about that. That's how we're doing this point of view of saying, how can we make be more successful? How can we be top of mind? What does that look like? Can you give us an example? So a problem that Segment has right now is fighting status quo, especially now when budgets are tightening and someone's going to say, you're going to invest in a data platform. Why would you invest in a data platform? What's that going to do to drive more revenue to reduce our cost? So we recognize that. So we create content. So we have content that's like, how, why would you invest in, in a CDP, customer data platform at this point? And we wrote an ebook about that. We repurposed that, you know, all that content across multiple channels. Then that's meant to give for a segment AE to be even more effective when they're talking to a prospect or they're looking to do an upsell that they can reference that type of content. How many employees are in the company right now? We have 11 right now, and we have a couple more that are coming on board over the next few weeks. I think it's impressive that, you know, you're at the early stages, you're billing your team, but if any of our listeners go out to Stitch website and look at the resources you have, you really have, I think, an impressive start from your thought leadership. There's some really great stuff out there that is client-focused, it's issue-focused, but it's incredibly useful. And there was one thing that really impressed, well, there were several things that impressed me, but one thing that stood out is you created this tool built around use cases and how to apply the technology that was really impressive. And I think listeners could go out and look at that thing, but be inspired by the fact that 
you're an 11-person firm and you're producing this type of stuff because a lot of firms have a lot more people and they're not producing even the quantity of thought leadership that you have. Can you talk a little bit about the thought leadership development in that tool specifically? So that tool is, it's a quiz. So a marketer or any, any kind of organization could take this quiz to figure out what problems does, in this case, the CDP segment solve. And there are a lot of gimmicky quizzes that are online, but you know, there maybe is like five or six questions and then you fall into this really generic bucket. We said, no, we want this to be real. Like, and there's a lot of questions you go through, like what's your role? It's asking you a number of data sources. It's trying to get a very clear picture of who that person is so we can recommend what are specific use cases that they should be considering that will actually show revenue and reduce churn and so forth. Everyone on the team contributed to that. And that's something that we can use again and again and again. And that's, the I think, what we, we're thinking about thought leadership. It's about how do we make our channel partner more effective? How do we be top of mind? So that channel marketing is key to our success, not just now, but you know, in 10 years of being top of mind. And that's why we prioritize it and why everyone on the Stitch team is a part of it. A lot of that came from lessons learned at Love, what works, what doesn't work. But we're recognizing the importance of that for a channel partner. And that's the feedback I consistently get from our channel partner is like, wow, like this is incredible. Like This is better than a lot of the stuff that we create. That to me is like, that's what I want to hear. That's like the ultimate compliment. And so when they're saying that, I get, I get super excited. How do you develop topics? How do you manage your editorial plan? Like, what does that look like inside of your firm? We have one dedicated marketer and, and I will we'll probably invest even faster in, in, in the marketing side of our business. But, and I work closely with that individual. Her name's Bree. She's amazing. She's also had experience with me over at Lab. We are brainstorming constantly. What are topics that we want to go do? We do create a calendar. We're a startup. That means that calendar can change every day. So when we have, we have a good intent, but something comes up, I'm going to be in New York next week. Let's change the content a little bit. But that's, that's a big part of what we're doing every day is planning out the content and figuring out what's next. Like what's next right now is we're likely to, to ramp up a YouTube channel that's showing individuals how to use Brace, like get really tactical, not just be generic thought leadership. In some cases, like we want to be really tactical and help people understand functionality. And that's our goal is, again, to help create some Brace content that maybe they wouldn't normally do, but we'll go do. It feels like every day we're doing that type of work. And the goal of that tactical content is to really to enable the Brace channel partner or the account manager, excuse me, to give them a tool, you know, a resource, an asset they can take to a customer with a question, which just tightens your relationship there and increases the likelihood that they bring you in to help. Right. And it, it's and that's the strategy for us. We're not doing a lot when it comes to account-based marketing campaigns to get direct uh, customers. Now, what's happening as what we're finding, even more so in this, in this case with Stitch, is that as we're out there pushing out this content, we have account executives now that are interacting with it, commenting with it, they're sharing it. And so it's actually driving source leads to us directly to our website that more so than what we had at Lev. So that's been an interesting kind of its gravy on top of what we're already doing. Because you're right, we're trying to drive content directly to an account executive to make him or her more effective. But it's, it's starting to benefit us even outside of the, the channel relationship. That's cool. So 
Michael, when you when you look forward in this vision you've set for Stitch, where do you want to get to? And in your mind, what absolutely has to happen for Stitch to get to that point? Yeah, I, I'm. This is just me being very open. I think in the early days of Stitch, I was a little too focused on what's next. Right? We had a great successful exit with Lev to a large SI cognizant. And I think it's really natural for an entrepreneur or a startup person to say, all right, can we go do it again? And I think early on in the stitch time, I got a little too fixated on that. Like, all right, how do we get to a certain amount of revenue? How do we get to a certain amount of headcount? And I had to remind myself, like, that's not how I started at Lev. Like, I had no idea where we were going to get to. I just knew I wanted to work with people I wanted to be around made me happy, that made me laugh, that were super smart. I wanted to work with some really exciting, cool brands. And you're kind of finding me in a time where I've kind of gone back to that and said, I don't know. Like, I know what kind of problems I want to solve, but it's really about people I work with and the customers that we work with and the type of channel partners that are going to support our growth. And then let's see where it goes, right? Maybe I made the wrong call. I don't know. I think I'm pretty confident we made a good call but I don't know exactly where that's going to go. So I'm trying to reel myself back in and get back to my roots because I think that's that was a part of the, the secret sauce at Lev. And I want to capture some of that again. While you're on that wicket, I want to ask you, what's it like being a channel partner inside of like technologies that are sort of in their rapid ascent mode that like they're in hyper growth mode and they're like ascending versus being a channel partner inside of like you know, the gorilla, right? The, 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 the largest SaaS platform on the planet, you know, so a little bit more mature is kind of what I'm getting at really. Mm-hmm. What, what's that like? How's it feel different? What do you like about one versus the other, I guess, which is just kind of curious, like what's, what's that feel like? So one of the things that we immediately noticed is that these organizations are still building out partner ecosystems, which is the opportunity for Stitch because yep. you're not running into a space where you're competing with thousands and if you're in the Salesforce space, you're in the Adobe space, you're dealing with internal services teams, you're dealing with many, many partners, so many dynamics, it's hard to stand out. So in this space, it's easier for us to stand out, right? There are not very many people, organizations that are producing the type of content that have the strong point of view, that are investing early in people and certifications. The challenge there, though, what's different is that we're doing a whole lot more enablement of what it means to co-sell together. What is the benefit of a partner? We're, in essence, a part of building out a new partner ecosystem. Yep. And so that's rewarding, but it's also an investment of time and effort to make that work. That's different than if you were in a space where it's so very clearly defined here, how you go to market with a partner. Yeah, which comes back, comes full circle to what you said before, which is that it's like, who do you want to spend time with? What types of people, what types of clients, what types of partners? And it's, it's, you know, probably exciting to help be at the table building that. But then, like you said, it's a larger investment of time and resources and something that you would not have done in another ecosystem. So I think I had the emphasis on the wrong syllable there, Jeff. All right. Um, So... Jeff, what did we not hit that we wanted to hit before we lose Michael? This is actually, I found this to be really interesting. So what did we miss? I'd be curious to hear what kind of feedback you're getting from the partner side. Is there specific things they're saying to you that you like hearing or things that they're saying that maybe aren't sitting as well with you? Clearly there's consistent feedback on content, what we're creating, 
is making them look great. You've got someone that's an outsider that's talking about your technology and really leaning into it. That gets a lot of high marks. We get a lot of high marks when we're positioned alongside an account executive and, and working with a prospect. And that's that's a win-win for them. If you're an AE, you're, like, you're going to go and pull in, you're going to tap in this free support to help you be successful for this customer. You know, that's amazing. So I think those are all positive things where they would say that they're, it's not off-putting, but they're just kind of caught off guard is that we feel very confident on how to go build a channel partner relationship which means that we're aggressive. We're aggressive in reaching out to account executives. We want to network. We want to know everyone. I want to talk with leaders. That's, you know, that's what I'm used to. So in an organization where that's not common, everyone's like, whoa, whoa. Hey, what are you, what's going on? What are you doing? What you, do? you don't need to talk to that person yet. And I'm like, no, I do. I, I'm, I am investing in your business like I'm, I'm hiring people that are going to be dedicated to support you ahead of us even having any bookings. Like that's a big deal. And I expect kind of return that you're, we're going to work together. So that, that's been something I've even, I've even had it. Sometimes I'm like, am I doing, am I, am I being too aggressive? <laughs> my thoughts, you know, should I back off a little bit? But that's the one thing I have noticed from both a segment and brace side. It's like, oh, we're not used to having a partner that's that as aggressive, but that was normal. For me in the love days. Yeah, that's interesting. So if listeners want to connect with you and Stitch, where do they go? I think the best place is to connect with us on LinkedIn. Uh, that's where I, I kind of point everyone. We're writing a lot of our content that's out there on LinkedIn. So just follow me, Michael Burton, or look us up on Stitch. We're big believers in founder brand for our marketing efforts. So a lot of our content gets kind of routed through myself and Bobby and thought leadership. And uh, you can check out our website too if you just want to get a general overview. But LinkedIn is where we create a lot of that strong content. That's cool. Well, Michael, it was a pleasure to have you back. Really interesting. I, I do want to say real quick before we part, you, you directed people to LinkedIn, but I want to direct them back to the website briefly, only because Jeff and I have been doing a new sequence around brand teardowns, as you may have heard. We won't uh -huh. tear down your brand because we do it totally at random. But <laughs> it, would get, it would get high marks. I'll, I'll say that to listeners. So it's worth your time because it's both visually compelling. It's well-architected. The message is really strong. Point of view is really strong. So it's just you're hitting on, on lots of fronts on that. So for folks that are enjoying those, those episodes, I would highly recommend checking out what's going on at Stitch because there's some really cool stuff at stitch.cx. So anyway, great to have you back. Good to see you. Congrats on the new, you know, the new startup, I guess I'll just say that and the success you've had so far. I know there's going to be tons more to come and I really enjoyed the conversation and learning about what you're doing and, and where you're taking things from here. So thanks for the time. This is going to be fun to watch. Yeah. Thank you both. Thanks, Michael. Thank you for listening to Rattle and Pedal, divergent thoughts on marketing and growing professional services firms. Find content related to this episode at rattleandpedal.com. Rattle and Pedal is also available on iTunes and Stitcher. Yeah.